Hey there, welcome to the Snake Burr Podcast. My name's Steve. And I'm sick. <laughs> and together we invite you to join us <laughs> as we explore the mysteries of Scripture, the realm of God, and freedom through Christ. So spread out your wings and slither in place. Because this is Snake Bird. Hey, welcome, Snake Birds. This is Josh and Steve with another episode of the cast. In today's discussion, we are taking on the topic of Christian ignorance and asking questions like, is it okay to be ignorant? What happens if our doctrine is incomplete due to ignorance? And how does that affect our standing with God? Listen in as we attempt to answer these questions and more. Oh yeah, this is uh, another great topic we're getting to today, guys. Um, Is Christian ignorance excusable in the eyes of God? And right off the bat, when you hear the word ignorance, it sounds very much like a, a derogatory put-down. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you, you're ignorant. Ignoramus. You know? Yes, exactly. Like those triangles tell you at Cracker Barrel. You know, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen those. <laughs> no, I don't think I've ever heard them tell me I was ignorant. Oh, they do. I've been told many times because I don't get enough pins. In the, oh, okay. Yeah, where I get too many. Anyway, you know, sometimes we, we consider uh, ignorance to be synonymous sometimes with intentional choices. We can't, go to, we can't afford fancy places like Cracker Barrel. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Taco Bell or nothing. All right. <coughs> okay. Sometimes we might consider ignorance to be synonymous with intentional choices that people make. And we're going to be getting into deciphering between um, the ideas on both sides of that. But ignorance is a word that simply represents not knowing. Yes. Wouldn't you say, Josh? Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't get the Websters out. I thought oh, I, could, I, I did. Did you? Well, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. But. <laughs> um, lacking knowledge, information, or awareness about a particular thing, or lacking knowledge or awareness in general, uneducated or unsophisticated. Yes. Okay. Which I thought uneducated is definitely a good definition. Yeah, that's true. And it's it's going to be kind of an interesting episode because we're going to talk about um, some people who who are like willingly ignorant, which really <laughs> yeah. isn't ignorant. Yeah. Um, but but there's also it's going to lead into some discussion about people who have no control over this, mm-hmm. like like babies or people with extreme mental disabilities. Mm-hmm. So uh, and of course we're going to be looking at this through the lens of doctrinal ignorance as yes. well. Yeah. But needless to say, this ought to be a very uh, thought provoking episode. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I kind of went that same direction because like sometimes we're ignorant because we didn't know there was something we needed to learn. Mm -hmm. And then other times, like you said, we're ignorant because we've chosen not to learn something we need to know. Yeah. It's like, I didn't Uh, know. Yeah. Yes, you did. You should have. (laughs) Yeah. You had the chance. Yeah. So we're going to get into this. Um, uh, and as I thought about this topic, I, I had so many different things come into my head because I look back on my own life and I can pinpoint so many different areas where I used to be so convicted about certain stances, only to find out later in my walk that I was completely off in my understanding. And considering these different points in my life, I realized that I wasn't thinking wrong willingly. I really did believe certain things uh, that I believed were accurate. And, you know, sadly, I was judgmental towards others that sometimes believed only the slightest bit different than me. And there were also things that I did that I was just simply ignorant of and later found out I needed to change various behaviors and beliefs that I just wasn't aware of, like we just said. Mm -hmm. So I I look back on my own life and see these areas, and and it really really does force us to look at the one in the mirror with honesty, I think, because... 
not only do we confront our own stances, but also we consider God's view of the church as a whole in this topic. Mm-hmm. We'll be getting into some of that. So, you know, you know, we're all on this path of being sanctified in Christ and the path of sanctification. It lands each of us in different levels of understanding God's word. Um, and obviously I'm, I'm aiming towards the doctrinal side of this discussion in saying that, but uh, considering all of that, before I even cracked open the study, I knew that this would be a topic of, we'd have to have a lot of balance in this one. Yes, as Spider-Man once said, with great balance comes great snake birdiness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, he did. I, I think it was the the great Spider-Man that He's, said that. He did, he did. Yeah. Great, I, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because there are times where you just want black or white, but yeah. there is gray, and that's why we exist, and that's why we talk about these things the way that we do. Yeah, so true. So... One of the first questions I thought of here would be, what is it that a Christian might be ignorant of? Mm-hmm. And for me, I thought, I mean, it would be truth, right? I mean, it's, it's truth that sets us as Christians free. And the, the Christianese word for what we believe about truth would be doctrine. Yeah. And uh, Acts 2.42 says that uh, the early church was continuing steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. And then Paul tells us in 1 Timothy 6.3, if anyone advocates a different doctrine that does not agree with sound words, those of our Lord Jesus Christ, and with the doctrine of conforming to godliness, he is conceited and understands nothing. Mm. And if you've been listening to this podcast for long, you know that most of our episodes dive into understanding correct doctrine. And to be well balanced as we stand firmly on the essentials and accept the unknown by faith. Mm. So as we continue, I say uh, we lay down some essential beliefs that a Christian, you know, we're really not allowed, given the allowance, to be ignorant of Mm -hmm. of these things. And, And the reason I say it that way is because it's the essentials that our very foundation, our entire belief is based upon. Yes. So if that's gone, it's all gone. (laughs) Yeah, you have no foundation. So, yeah, so we got some essentials. And I know I have some things to say about it, Josh, but what what are some essentials that that, um, you would like to bring? So um, first and foremost, we talk about the inspiration of Scripture, the inerrancy, and then the canon. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that we believe that it's God-breathed and God-inspired and that is one essential that we should not be ignorant of because if that is a sinking sand moment, then there's so much that can crumble from having uh, the world um, speak into like, well, the Bible is just a bunch of different people writing and, and yeah. it's been changed over and over throughout the years to make it fit what it's supposed to say. Yeah. But that's not true at all. It's not. So. And, and it's and it's what we know Jesus through. It's what mm-hmm. we know all of the things that got passed on from Jesus to yes. us. Yes. So that's that's an essential. Yes. Is, is believing that the that God's word is the Bible and it's God breathed. Yes. And then you have the full deity and humanity of Jesus. Yeah. I mean, we we believe that He is God incarnate. Mm-hmm. And and that is something that we need to have a firm foundation on. Another one is the Trinity. Yeah. One God who is triune. 
Yeah. This is it's the God the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, yet mm-hmm. he's one. Yes. And the, you know, this can be a, a daunting concept to try and grasp, but yeah. every Christian needs to accept this one by faith. Um it'll probably be the focus of a future episode too, I would say. Yeah. But uh it's an essential belief. I was about to say I smell a snake bird. It's going to have to <laughs> yeah, be at some it point. Is, yeah. And it's been on my list for a little while. Might as well, yeah. Mhm. The virgin birth. Mm-hmm. You know, if if Jesus wasn't born to Mary uh, as a virgin, then w- that that wrecks so much theology and so much doctrine. Yes, yeah, I agree. Uh, the resurrection again. If, if we if we don't have the resurrection, then we don't have hope. That's what Paul says in First Corinthians fifteen. Yeah. Um, also, the perfected work that Jesus did on the cross through His death. Oh yeah. That's another essential. Because yeah, we, there's no, there's literally nothing that we could bring to the table to mend that bridge back to God. Mm-hmm. It's only through Jesus. Yes, and and I would say that some of these we're mentioning is summed up in the belief that the Bible is God's inspired word because these things are laid out there. Yeah. So yeah. you know, there's there's some that we believe by faith that's a gray area in the Bible, but a lot of these are straight in Scripture. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, and then one that I had is uh, save by grace through faith. Yeah, that is the way that we receive God's righteousness is through the receiving of His work. Yes, absolutely. And, and there would be certain denominations out there that would say, "And baptism." Oh yeah, you know, or "And this, and this, and circumcision, whatever." Yeah. There's things that people. Cause so there's there's an area where people will jump into this where. There might be ignorance on one side mm-hmm. or the other of this. Yeah. Does that mean they're not saved? Yeah. Because we just label it as, a, as an essential. Mm-hmm. But if they don't fall into that essential, are we now saying they're not saved? So this is a topic of much balance. Well, and that's where, uh, if you're all right, I'll jump into the non-essentials. Okay, yeah. Because mode of baptism, time of baptism, way of <laughs> baptism yep. is one that I think there is some room for ignorance and there's some room for debate yep. um, because that is one of those things where I feel like for someone who's raised in the Catholic church and they do believe in infant baptism. And we went into this very, very uh, in depth in our baptism episode Yeah, that I feel like there might be ignorance on both sides of the spectrum of what people believe the accomplishing work is yeah. done through that sign. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And so um, mode of baptism is one. And then another one that I saw is church government styles. Mm-hmm. Because some people, they come at it from that Episcopalian style. Some, they look at it and they go, we're Presbyteros. Yep. And then you have even Calvary Chapel, which is the church that I grew up in, which has the Moses model. And I can imagine there's some people out there who have been walking with God for a while that go, what the heck is the Moses model? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's something that they may not even have ever heard of. Yeah. Um, Another one is using instruments in worship Yep. and whether those are uh, a valid form of um, congregational gathering. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, there's a ton of non-essentials yeah. in the Bible, throughout yeah, the Bible. Could... 
And, and honestly, when I the more I thought about doctrinal ignorance, the more I felt the need to address the cure rather than all the symptoms. Yes, yeah. Because and what I mean by that is there's so many different interpretations of God's Word that, that have started entire denominations and movements, and I, I honestly kept feeling like we would be opening up a new podcast at every denominational turn mm-hmm. and divide. Yeah. So I think that um, while we should talk about these different issues. It, for me, it was hard to pinpoint uh, very many without that urge to dive into each one. So, uh, you know, my main thing in, in regards to doctrinal ignorance um, is in relation to our personal relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, in so many different cases throughout history, we've seen that doctrinal ignorance was forced upon the masses of people because God's word was kept secret amongst the elite and they would trickle down what they wanted people to hear Yes, and they would be ignorant um, forcibly by them. And even in those darkest moments in history, we see that even the gates of hell could not prevail in suppressing God's living word in the hearts of his people. Yeah. And I think of those true worshipers in truth and spirit, you know, that Jeremiah speaks of. Yeah. Yeah. To think of those seasons where the, the word of God was not available to the lay people. It just breaks my heart Yeah, that, that it was withheld by sometimes corrupt uh, systems and priesthoods that were like, well, we want to use it to manipulate people. Yeah. And I'm thankful for guys like Martin Luther that were yes. like, I'm not going to stand for this. Well, and you know, one thing I've thought about in that time of, of where people were simply ignorant because they had no choice mm-hmm. in, in certain things of what God's Word said is, have you ever heard of like when somebody loses their sight, their hearing becomes much better? Mm-hmm. And vice versa with different things like that. I, I have to believe that God gave of a spiritual supplement that, that that filled the void in those times where they didn't have what we all have yeah. here. And I think the vice versa could be considered, you know, the flip side could be for things that we're going through now. Mm. You know, that there might be less spiritual and more of his word, you yeah. know. You know, there's there's that's something that I've always thought about. That will be interesting if we get to kind of revisit any type of heavenly archives. That'd be interesting to see yeah. if that really was in play. For real, yeah. Just something to think about mm-hmm. that, I, that I've thought about. Yeah. So I, I think the main cure for doctrinal ignorance is, is a life that's constantly growing through the submission to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Because when we surrender to God in such a way that our progressive sanctification is moving forward, then we're going to just have a natural spirit filter that sifts out the ignorance for us as we grow. Yeah. And that is a important word that you just said is grow. Yeah. Because how many times have you landed on an issue going, this is where I stand. I am immovable on this. Yeah. Only to have more information come into your heart or into your into your sphere of learning and go, oh, I can see why they see it that way. And yeah. maybe, maybe that doesn't even cause you to change your stance, but it just causes you to look at the people that you've, that I'm going to put myself in this, that I've been judging for all this time going, oh, well, now it makes sense. I've done it plenty of times too. And, and, and a lot of times it forces me to, to put it in a looking for more information folder yes. in my head. Well, and I'll go back. I, again, the baptism deal with the uh, where I was judging the Catholics hardcore for baptizing their babies. Yeah. You know, coming back to why they do what they do and looking at it through that lens, I'm like, oh, I've, I've learned something. I, it may not be something that I necessarily want to put into practice myself, yeah. but I have learned and I'm not ignorant of what they're doing anymore. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's and that's part of the balance we mentioned is is walking that tightrope of of not 
being so open-minded that your brain falls out, mm-hmm. but being, you know, in stern enough to, to be standing on that rock of your belief. Yeah. Uh, the essentials. Yes. Yes. But yeah. Anyway. Exactly. Okay. So one thing that I had to think about in this topic was the fact that sometimes we willingly jump on the, the ignorance is bliss bandwagon. And if that's what someone is doing, then they're not ignorant. Mm-hmm. They're they're disobedient. They're stiff-necked. <laughs> and it's using ignorance as a crutch. So mm-hmm. I thought it would be important to distinguish between the two um, because being ignorant is something that's not the same as disobedience. Mm-hmm. And so to move forward in, in discussing this, I, I wanted to bring um, just kind of an example from my own life. And I actually, it goes to the fact that I know several people who are into the whole 23andMe thing, where you can send off your DNA uh, for testing and find out family origins and whatnot. And it's pretty cool to see all that. But there are levels of this testing where you can find out genetic information. And if you have a geneticist read the extended data on these tests, you can find out what genes might be more prone to cancer, even show you genes that are more prevalent in people who have, you know, certain tendencies like alcoholism, anger issues, all sorts of other things. And I I know a particular person that found out they had this gene um, that, that was common in people who displayed anger and forcefulness and whatnot. And uh, according to the data studies, and, and I remember hearing them talk about this when they found out in, in such relief because they'd oh, always, no. they, they had noticed this in themselves. And when they heard the results, they were like, oh, this is such a, a weight off my shoulders. It's not my fault. It's, it's in oh. my genes. <laughs> and I, I was honestly amazed that this fellow believer would use this genetic test as a get out of jail free card. Oh, yeah. Because every single one of us have different sinful genetic leanings. The Bible says that we're all born with that sin gene. And if you think about it, this type of thing has become pretty popular in some Christian circles these days. Oh, you see, this condition I have is the way God made me. I was born that way. Mm. And this excuse is used for more than, than you might think. And I'm not trying to minimize anyone's struggle at all. But here's the thing. We all have demons that we're fighting, and we all have some gene that makes us more prone to one thing than another person. But whatever our particular sinful leanings happen to be, it's so important to own up to the fact that it's our sin, our choices that affect us, not genetics, not anything else that causes us to pass that that buck in responsibility. As Christians, God calls us to seek His help in overcoming these things. And with that, all that being said, I do want to jump on the flip side to talk about levels of accountability. But I, I had to mention the willing ignorance first. Mm-hmm. This this place that you put yourself in, where you're like, "Oh no, this this you're passing the buck." Yes. And so I just I really had to mention that part first because I've seen examples, um, not only in other people, in myself as well in yeah. the past. So. Yeah. Well, and like you said, willfully rejecting knowledge that God wants us to have is sinful ignorance. Yeah. While unintentional ignorance about earthly topics can be understandable, intentional ignorance about spiritual matters can lead to eternal destruction. And that's what it says in Romans. It says, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged that glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Oh, yeah. I mean, the one of the per- people that I found 
uh, just in preparing for this, says, ignorance of the true God is unjustifiable. Oh, because it is a rejection of wanting to know about him. You know, that reminds me of a quote I've brought before that I think is Mark Twain that says, it's not the things in the Bible I don't understand that bother me. It's the mm. things I do understand. Mm. And for someone who's being willingly ignorant, it's something they do understand yes. that they're turning their back on. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I can think of like the person who's always uh, closing their ears and going, I'm not listening. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. You know, and you're like, no, you, you've been exposed to this and now you're accountable for it. That reminds me of the husband and wife on Princess Bride. (laughs) (laughs) Not listening. Humperdinck, Humperdinck. (laughs) Well, that's so true. Um, You know, I, I was actually speaking with a young man once that was on my construction crew and He made the actual statement that, you know, I know what Christianity is. I was raised in it, but I'm not following it because I'm young and Mm. I want to party. And Mm. he says, when I'm older, I can choose that and that's okay. Oh, wow. And I'm like, actually, what the admission you just made is very dangerous. Yes. Because you just admitted you know. Uh-huh. And you're turning your back willingly. You're and, actively and I, rejecting. And I, my heart almost broke when I heard that because, mm-hmm. man, that's so dangerous. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. That That's a scary thing to it, think. It is. Yeah. yeah. You know, it makes me think of times in the Bible where Jesus actually confronted uh, people for being ignorant. And um, one, he was a little bit softer with, but it was when the Pharisee Nicodemus came to him and he's asking him about, um, what does it mean for this? And I think he'd been listening to Jesus and he was just so curious. And Jesus said, unless a man be born again. And Nicodemus is like, okay, this is going to get gross if I try to like somehow (laughs) (laughs) figure out getting back into my mother's womb. And, And Jesus looked at him and he says, are you the teacher of Israel and don't know these things? Yes. I mean, right there, (laughs) confrontation about ignorance. And this one is even more blatant because um, you've got the Sadducees. And if you remember, they had that ridiculous premise for Jesus as they came up to stump him. And I think they were all giggling as they were like, you know, who's going to tell him the story? And they come and they go, okay, Jesus, we know how the Jewish tradition works. If a man marries a woman and then he dies, she's supposed to marry his brother so they can continue the family line. And this happens seven times. She marries seven brothers, one bride for seven brothers. That's not a good musical. (laughs) And uh, they said, and then... What happens when they get to heaven and uh, who is she married to? And Jesus goes, guys, I know that you don't even believe in the resurrection. So this question is dumb. And, And what he said to them is he goes, are you not therefore mistaken because you don't know the scripture nor the power of God? And he's like, you are, y'all are ignorant. You're ignorant. <laughs> and he you called them no out. Excuse. Yeah, he right there on the carpet. And so, I mean, there's just, there's just times in the Bible. And I think I'll talk about this later, but I went into like the ignorant word study where I was looking at the Greek and Hebrew words and where ignorance is used. And, and there's some really interesting ways that it's used, but I think we should get back to where you're, uh, where you're going with this. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait for that. That sounds interesting. I didn't break out the Greek, so I'm glad you did. I I guess that's something that I just decided (laughs) to go for. Awesome. Okay. So 
I, I want to talk about levels of accountability. And I've realized in, in my years following the Lord that there is, in fact, levels of accountability in people's lives. Sometimes it comes with different ages, but it, it's not limited to a person's age. Uh, it might ring a bell if you've ever heard the age of accountability, that, that mm-hmm. phrase, that statement. And I've seen that there is a pretty big divide amongst certain Christians on this topic, but uh, given the focus of our episode, I think we need to address not only the age of accountability, but also the fact that a person can be very old before being held accountable for mm-hmm. certain things, mm-hmm. uh, including their eternal destination. Um, you've likely heard the off-the-wall comment, and I've mentioned it before in other episodes, what about the pygmies in Africa, which would be referring to the people who've never heard the only way to heaven do they go to hell? And this can become a difficult topic because we believe we have a just God, yet we struggle with him sending people to hell when they've never heard about the only way to heaven. Mm -hmm. And so this is something I want to get into for sure. And the base idea for this entire concept is that from birth, every single human is separated from God because we're born with a sin nature. That's one of our essential beliefs. The Bible's clear on the fact that Jesus is the only way back to the Father, but what about babies? Hmm. What about the mentally challenged? Babies in, in certain levels of mental illness simply don't have the capacity to grasp such things. So do they go to hell? And I've heard some scriptures um, that I believe answer these questions pretty clear. And I, I've heard people, I've actually heard a guy one time um, comfort a mother trying to by saying, you know, basically it's unfortunate they didn't get to the age where they could have accepted Jesus. That's so crazy. It it, it is insane. And I'm just like, he's like, you can't show me a scripture where it doesn't, you know, because we're born with sin. And I was like, dude, first off, this ain't the place. This ain't the time or place. (laughs) No. So this is something I think is important to talk about. That hurts my head. It it does, dude. I I was enraged when it happened. But, um Anyway, the the first scripture, it's a prophetic one about Jesus himself, and the context shows how God looks at children, or those who can't decipher between good and evil, and it's Isaiah seven fourteen through 15. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child, another essential belief, mm-hmm. and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. He will eat curds and honey at the time that he knows enough to refuse evil and choose good. So we see that God does have a time that he considers one to be informed enough to choose good over evil. That is very significant, but we're not going to stop there. Deuteronomy 139, Moreover, your little ones who you said would become plunder, your sons who this day have no knowledge of good and evil, shall enter there and I will give it to them and they shall take possession of it. This is God speaking to the children of Israel who wandered in the desert because of their disobedience. And he says that their children who have no knowledge of good and evil will indeed be welcomed into the promised land. Yet another very suggestive thing, especially considering the typology of the promised land and how they'll be able to enter it, they didn't know good from evil. Also, we see a scene where David has just lost his son from Bathsheba in 2 Samuel 12, 22-23, and what he says is that he will go to him but he will not return to me. Mm-hmm. Um, David was fasting and mourning because his son had just died. And after he died, he stopped fasting immediately. And yeah. It's almost a noticeable yeah. thing. And he was yeah. like, well, he, he's dead now. And I know, I'm gonna, basically, I'm going to see him again. I'll yeah. go to him. Yeah. And 
David understood that his baby went to be with the Lord, and this would have to be because David understood the child knew no better as far as evil and good, because later, as David spoke into the situation with his other full-grown son, Absalom, he did not have the same assurance of salvation. Hmm. Uh, 2 Samuel 18.33 says, And the king was deeply moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, he said, O my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would I had died instead of you, O Absalom, my son, my son. David seems to be having a similar moment like Paul in Romans 9.3 where he wished he could die in place of his countrymen who were missing out on salvation. Mm -hmm. So extreme, I mean, pinpoints to these areas that, that God understands this point in a person's life where they're not mature enough to know good from evil, and he's a just God. You know, we don't have to have all the time these scriptures that lay it out for us in perfect wording mm-hmm. to understand that. And so I thought that was a really important thing to point out. And we, we also have the statement made by Jesus himself in Matthew eighteen three, where he says, Unless you were converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, for me, I know it has its own context, but it makes no sense that Jesus would tell us to become like someone not receiving salvation in order to obtain salvation. Mm. So that's another another thing that I uh, I saw very suggestive. Yes, yeah. And then here is a verse that I believe speaks to the whole pygmies in Africa approach. We just talked about babies who don't have the capacity or mental illness. This would be somebody that could be very advanced in years. Um, And this would be someone who has simply not been enlightened with truth yet, but still displays the character God is merciful towards. And I know I've quoted this one before, but it's so relevant here. Romans 2, 14 through 16, For when Gentiles who do not have the law instructively perform the requirements of the law, these, though not having the law, are a law to themselves, in that they show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience testifying and their thoughts alternately accusing or else defending them. On the day when, according to my gospel, God will judge the secrets of mankind through Christ Jesus. And... That one really speaks to the mm-hmm. character of God in this whole idea. So I, I hope some of those scriptures help you, listener, if you've ever struggled with that corner of Christian ignorance, because I think it's very important that we understand our God is just, and we are, in fact, judged on what we know. Yes. So if there's someone out there that's never received the good news, God will take that into account. Yeah. He will. Yeah. And that is such a topic for debate, especially amongst somebody who is critical of Christianity, like what happens if they can't receive and how do, how yeah. do you, how do you um, talk about this person? And, you know, uh, there's, there's even corners of Christianity that say that um, certain people were made to fuel the fires of hell. And if yeah. that's what you think about a gracious God, like our God, yeah. then you don't know him and you don't yeah. understand anything. Well, and that's that's another thing that 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 one person we had a discussion after the whole oh. baby thing, mm-hmm. and he said, you know, I, I get where you're coming from. We have a just God and all that, but he says we can't base our beliefs in in who God is off of emotions. Mm-hmm. Oh. You you can't show me a scripture that says this in plain writing, mm. and I'm just like, can you take a hint, maybe? Yeah, because if you can take a hint. 
Yeah. You, you don't have to have it spelled out for you in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> God gives us a lot of hints. A lot. Yeah. And I just gave some. And I will say uh, Mike Winger uh, lays out an episode where he goes into a lot of other scriptures that support the age of accountability as well. Mm. Uh, don't have it here in front of me. But uh, th- there's a lot more than just that. Yes. Yeah. No, I appreciate the direction that you went with that because that is very well laid out. And it's important to know those kind of things, especially when there are people who are critical of God or even in ourselves going, well, how does that work? Yeah. Because we have to believe with a gracious God that he is not going, well, that child didn't understand anything. And so thus they're condemned. (laughs) And I mean, that's incredibly insane. He didn't understand the quantum workings of my triune <laughs> nature. Yes, he's going to hell. Yeah. Oh gosh, <laughs> it's not. Yeah, you know, obviously, it's tongue in cheek. Uh, yeah, uh, God doesn't think that way. No, not at all. And I really appreciate that David uh, reference because, I mean, can you imagine David being like, well, "I'll go see him because I know I'm going straight to hell," and it's just like, what? Yeah. You know, the man after God's own heart. Yeah. And. Anyway, <laughs> so, so it, that that topic works up a lot of emotions in people because it's 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 pretty clear. Yes, in some eyes, and then there there might be some people who are completely ignorant. Yes. of that clarity. Yeah. So one of the things that I saw, especially as I kind of went into different. Um, directions of this because I didn't go any of those same directions that you did but I appreciate the the way that you presented that um, of course is that ignorance is one of Satan's tactics Second uh, Corinthians 4 4 said the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ and I feel like with um just discussing ignorance, especially as you're thinking about the different people that you meet along the way. Um, sometimes as you're trying to teach them, you realize that Satan has really, in a sense, tried to steal a lot of what growth they could have in the Lord because of um, that blindness, that spiritual or moral blindness that it's happened yeah. in their lives. Which is interesting because as we get into some of the words that uh, the Bible uses um, in the Greek to represent ignorance, one of them is agnoia, which is um, it's funny because the word know or gnosis or whatever, um, gnostic, means to know. Well, we have the opposite of it, which is ag, agnoia, and uh. it's moral blindness of define things. And there's a few different verses that say this, um, but one of them is actually Acts 17.30, where it says, God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times, but now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and return to him. Oh, wow. And Paul was giving that speech that he was preaching on Mars Hill. And he was saying, hey, now we're going to be accountable for the things that we know. Yeah. And um, it's interesting because earlier in that same speech, he was said, uh, for I was walking along and I saw your many shrines and one of your altars had the inscription on it to an unknown God. This God whom you worship in ignorance is the one I'm telling you about. And that's where he was trying to point them to, to Yahweh. Yeah. And he was saying, hey, this God, the one that you didn't even know you had a shrine to, he's the one that you should only be worshiping. 
And, and so um, I found six different words in the New Testament that God uses to to define our ignorance. I thought it'd be good. <laughs> so uh, the first one is agoneo, and it's ignorant, or I don't know, I, I know not. And then there's agonoema, and it's a sin committed through ignorance. And then I just said the agonoia. There's agnosia, and that means not knowing or ignorance. It's another one. It's only used two times. And then there's apidoditas, which is without instruction or uneducated. We talked about how that can come into play. And then there's also amethes, which means unlearned. And I just think that as you come across this, there's so many interesting ways because Paul, in a lot of his writings, says, now, brethren, I don't want you to be unaware. Or, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. And he keeps saying that because he said that in um, Romans 11.25, he says, for I desire, brethren, that you do not be ignorant of this mystery. 1 Corinthians 10.11. I don't want you to be unaware or ignorant that our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. 1 Corinthians 12.1 Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Oh, yeah. I mean, he just keeps saying that because I feel like that is something that he sees as a detriment in our lives is the point where either we um, stop learning because we're not teachable or we stop learning because we stop aspiring to to learn and to grow so it really seems like he's using that as a tool to highlight certain areas where he's like hey kind of like the whole truly truly i say to you yes yeah yeah this is a this could be a major hurdle or Mm -hmm. you know just like you said yeah and um even he uses it on himself in first timothy 113 he says where I before was a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And he even displays the growth that he had so that he's not ignorant. And um, I just, for me, so much of this talking about Christian ignorance is all about accountability. And it's all about growth and it's all about committing to grow. And we realize that for some they're going to have um, some ignorance because you talked about pygmies in Africa. And we always joke at that because you said there's no pygmies in Africa. (laughs) But there's always going to be that level of a possibility of a lack of knowledge or a, a matter of limitation where it's like, I just don't have the same resources that you do. But even Romans 1 says that God reveals himself to everyone through creation. And we're all accountable because of that revelation in some form or fashion. We don't even know how that happens, but that's just one of the things that he says. And I choose to believe that, that um, out there, whether there's a tribe that has not been reached by the gospel and the Bible has not been translated in another language, like you said from Romans chapter two, I feel like that is a pertinent thing. And um, there was one other passage that I wanted to bring up that I thought was so important because it leans back 
um, finally into that willful ignorance uh, category is 1 Corinthians 14, and I'm going to read verse 36 through 38. It says, Or did the word of God come originally from you, or was it you only that it reached? If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge the things which I write to you as the commandments of the Lord. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Right here, Paul uses very, very strong speech because he's saying, hey, are you rejecting what I'm saying? Because I am writing to you as an oracle of God. And if at this point you're choosing to reject what I say to you, then go ahead and reject it fully. And I feel like that's where the red flags in our life come up when we're choosing that willful ignorance. When God is saying, hey, I'm knocking like a gentleman at the door of your heart going, this is wrong. This is something that you should know about. And we have, you know, the stereo turned up at full blast going, I'm not listening. Yeah. That's where the red flags come in. It is. That's such a sobering Mm -hmm. concept. It is. It is. And um, a lot of pastors that and commentators that I was reading about this weighed in with verses like Jeremiah 29, 13, where it says, don't be ignorant because uh, Jeremiah says, and you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. Or Matthew six thirty three. but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. And so um, in terms of someone who calls themselves a Christian, who wants to follow God and desires to follow God with all their hearts, ignorance should never be the end all be all. We should always be trying to grow in our faith. And that means finding mentors. That means finding podcasts. That means finding um, good books that that are going to feed into us and that are going to open those areas of our faith. That is so true. I think um, also of if if you confess your sins, God is faithful to forgive them. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me, as you said, to seek God with all of your heart. Because yeah. you might find yourself in a place... Um, as I have in my past before, where you have been willingly turning your back like that. Yes. Uh, but God still reaches for you. Um, don't let it go on. Yeah, yeah. And, and lean into the power of the Holy Spirit, because He is going to lead us and guide us into all righteousness yeah. for, for God's sake. Yeah. You know, and so, I mean, He's not going to allow us to be ignorant. No. And, and He's going to do everything He can to reach out to you. You, you got to... You got to reach out too. Yes, exactly. So I, I thought this was a powerful episode, and it's so funny the way that you went one way and I went another. But I know. to a degree, we still ended up on the exact same page because ignorance bad, knowledge of God good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Very caveman. Yes, yeah, that's where I was going with it because I've had medicine head this whole week. And I then, know, brother. I feel so bad for you. This this cold has been lingering yes, for weeks. Forming coherent thoughts has not been easy. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know what the heck he's saying, there's a chance I might not know either. <laughs> please, please pray for Brother Josh yeah. because he needs to get rid of this, kick this this dirty cold. Yeah, I'm chewing vitamin C like it was candy. <laughs> <laughs> Got it in the Pez dispenser. That's right, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, um, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, please don't be ignorant. Give us a five-star rating. (laughs) 
we need it. <laughs> we sent a good review. Yeah. Oh, but all, all joking aside, we we are uh, so grateful that you tuned in with us. Uh, we we love it. Yes, and we don't want you to be ignorant of the ability to reach out to us through Facebook or through our email at connectedbsnakebird.com, and we'll stop with the jokes now. Yeah. Uh, really, honestly, we're just so thankful that you are listening, and even if you listen all the way to the end, welcome to the last part of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, so don't forget to tune in every week. We, we launch these things on Tuesdays and, and catch a new topic. And uh, don't forget to send us your ideas as well. Thanks for being here today. Always remember, whatever you do, wherever you go, no matter what life throws at you, there's never been a better time to follow the words of Jesus. Don't walk in ignorance and, and be a snake bird. Hey there, welcome to the Snakebird Podcast. My name's Steve. And I'm sick. <laughs> Together we invite you to join us. As we... <laughs> I'm sorry, let me say it again. Okay. That's great. Cracker Barrel, that's for rich people. <laughs> it reminds me of the Jeff Foxworthy, one of his jokes that are like, we got a new Italian place that is a small town. And they're like, oh, what is it? He's like, well, it ain't the Olive Garden, but... <laughs> Uh, including their internal desti- internal destination. My gosh. <laughs> Next stop, the heart. <laughs> Magic school bus.